Hi everyone, Tier here. Just wanted to take a moment to let you know that today's episode was kind of an open topic where we discussed all sorts of things, but we did want to include a trigger warning because there are parts of the episode that deal with some heavier mental health issues. So here is your fair warning. If you are not in the mood for that today, just skip this episode, check out another one. But if you are in the mood to have some serious and some fun conversations, keep listening. Hello, all you beautiful people, and welcome back to Spicier Than Therapy, the podcast where we discuss polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, communication, neurodiversity, kink, and all of the wonderful things that we think go into making a healthy, loving relationship. So, twin, what are we going to do today? The same thing we do every day, my love. Try to take over the interwebs. I mean, I feel like we've already taken over it. At this point, now we are just like lording over the interwebs from high atop our thrones of just absolute bullshit. And occasionally, people pay tribute at the bottom of those steps, like Game of Thrones style. Does your neck ever hurt from how big your head's getting? No, but I actually can't make it through doors anymore. It's a wild thing. We've had to uh, build custom doorways in our house just so my big ass head can fit through it. That actually sounds on track. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So for all of our traditional spicier than therapy listeners, we are back with a new episode this week. And similar to the last two or three episodes, we have our TikTok live crew in here with us right now hanging out. So we're going to be answering live questions and things like that. And just as a reminder, if you don't follow us on TikTok and you'd like to be a part of these live broadcast podcast recording episodes, go and follow us on TikTok. I am tier doesn't TikTok, all one word. And Twin Peaks is Twin Peaks, all one word on TikTok. Exactly. It is T-W-E-N-P-E-E-K-S. Not to be confused with, you know, Lumberjack Hooters uh, that I can't name for legal reasons. Or the fabulous TV series Twin Peaks by David Lynch, which is one of my favorite series ever, which I still haven't convinced Twin to watch, but we're going to get to that very soon. I mean, it's not going to take much to convince me. I like anything the BBC does. I mean, it's it's not a BBC show, per se. It's it's David Lynch. I thought it was BBC. Nope. Uh, American TV show from what? Early, mid-90s. Cult classic. Phenomenal. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the more you know. So this episode is a bit more of kind of a free-form conversation between Twin and I and the folks on our live TikTok. We're going to be discussing a whole bunch of different things, um, communication, boundary setting, relationships, polyamory, a little bit of everything today. That's his very polite and PC way of saying this is going to be a chaotic shit show because we've procrastinated on what we were going to film this week. And so here we are filming less than 12 hours before we're supposed to upload. (laughs) Feral gremlin queen energy has taken over this week. And so we're a little bit all over the place. So we are going to be chaotic neutral. Uh, Well, I'm going to be and twin will be chaotic good energy. So we're going to be bringing that to the entirety of the show. But I wanted to talk off or I wanted to kick off our show by talking 
about boundary setting because recently we've had a whole slew of things happen in the past couple of weeks in our personal lives where we've had to have more and more conversations with each other, with friends, with family, with coworkers about proper boundary setting. Yeah, boundaries have been um, pushed, would be putting it politely. This week, we've had um, an unfortunate scenario where somebody just kind of broke and disrespected our boundaries, like hard. So we had to sort of set a new one down, as in, we're done here. And that was sort of the end of the relationship, I think. And that is unfortunate. It sucks. Um, it's been very hard on us uh, in a lot of ways, but you know, it is what it is. And it's, and it's what we have to do to remain healthy and take care of us. Absolutely. And we both have experience in our past, you know, as we went through therapy and started setting healthier boundaries, both for ourselves and for the people in our lives, whether they were friends or family members. And my personal experience, I've told this to twin quite a bit. I actually set hard boundaries when I was in my late teens, early 20s with both sides of my family because I was, I'm a, I've always been a very unique individual and I pretty much do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it, which isn't always healthy. But I set boundaries with each side of my family and there were several family members that I didn't talk to for years. Now, since then, we've both been able to learn and grow as people and individuals and learn how to set boundaries in a healthier manner. But one of the things that both Twin and I are, are very, very staunch supporters of is setting those healthy boundaries with strangers, coworkers, friends, and family members to preserve our own mental and phys physical health, as well as to stand by our belief systems and structures. Right, exactly. You know, as the consummate people pleaser for forever. Um, it took me a long time to realize that setting boundaries is a perfectly healthy and necessary thing to do. Looking at you, Sheridan. And it is an important part of finding myself and owning myself and who I am. Finding stability in my identity relies on setting healthy boundaries, right? you know, each person has their own, everybody has their own line in the sand, right? But it is important that you take the time to establish those, recognize those and give those power for yourself so that you can be the healthiest person you can be. And once you have established those boundaries, it is okay to stick by them. And you need to remember that a lot of people are going to, and this has happened to me so many times in the past, a lot of people are going to try and push those boundaries in various ways. You know, um, I've been gaslit. I've been, um, I've been in several relationships that were extremely toxic because, oh, you're setting an ultimatum and I don't like that. When I was simply saying, hey, the consequences of X are going to be Y. So let's stop. Let's, let's talk about how to stop X. You know, and the only people that have a problem with you setting healthy boundaries for yourself are people that didn't respect you or your boundaries in the first place, right? People that took advantage of you or were using you in some way, or, you know, basically were unhealthy for you as a person. And I do want to make a quick point here. One of the things that I don't think gets said often enough when we talk about boundary setting is all of that starts with you. 
it starts with that self-reflection and really being honest and open with yourself about who you are, what's important to you, and how you've let people treat you in the past. And to that point, you know, to, to bring it back to our TikTok crews here, um, Sheridan had a really good point of saying you are not responsible for how people respond or react to your boundaries, which is so very, very true, right? I know we've talked about before in the past where, you know, you need to take ownership and responsibility for your actions, right? And how those affect people, you know, in the sense of like, oh, um, I did X, so it hurt you and caused you to feel Y. Okay, that's fine. But what that person does with those emotions is on them. End of discussion. <laughs> like if I were to accidentally hurt Tears feelings and he got mad and punched a wall, I didn't make him punch the wall. He got mad and couldn't control that. So he decided to punch a wall. Or, you know, maybe he didn't decide. Maybe it was impulsive because Lord knows I've done that before where I have done made impulsive decisions. Hello, ADHD. But that doesn't make me less responsible for those actions. And that kind of leads into the next part. You know, when we're talking about healthy boundary setting and then being able to control ourselves and communicate those feelings to someone else and communicate those boundaries to someone else, we're really talking about communication styles in, you know, parasocial relationships and personal relationships. And so one of the things, you know, and I know we talk about this a lot in our podcast, but it's really the basis of any type of relationship is proper communication. One of the things that Twin and I do so well is communicate to understand and not just to argue. And that's been a problem with me and for me in some of my past relationships. You know, when you get angry, when you get into the heat of the moment, you're just all about, you know, oh, I want to be right. Whenever we argue, which isn't often and never very big, it's seeking to understand the perspective of the other person so that we can more healthily navigate our actions, our thoughts, and the way in which we react to others. Well, and to be clear, that's completely normal. Everybody does that. Every single person ever has done that at some point when they when they when you decide, well, I can't say this on TikTok, but you know. I have my opinion and you're wrong. You know, when you take that stance of, no, forget you. I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. You know, to quote the great Eugene Lee Yang, who I love so dearly. You know, everybody's done that. And that's okay. But it's not the best way to communicate. It's not a healthy way to communicate. It's not effective. It's not going to get you where you want to go. If you want to go anywhere productive. Some people, you know, get into the conversation not wanting to go any pr anywhere productive or they're just like, fuck it, I'm going to throw a bomb on it, you know, Meh. see what happens. Like, it just kind of, that tactic is only going to be helpful of like, I'm right, you're wrong, shut up. That's only going to be helpful if you don't care about the results of that conversation. Absolutely. And someone actually just mentioned in the TikTok live, it was Sheridan, again, Sheridan come through with the gems today, um, is, you know, really the value of taking a break 
from the conversation to, you know, get your own feelings and emotions in balance and in check, and then re kind of integrating yourself within the conversation to, you know, try to seek understanding with the other person. And this goes doubly if you are a man, right? I mean, so many of us, if you are a cis hetero male raised in this patriarchal society, are used to getting our own way, right? We're, we're used to being raised in a society that values men's opinions more than it values women's opinions. And so we don't really know how to argue, right? Most men talk over another person, yell over another person, and try to force their opinion down the throats of someone else. And so it's kind of imperative for us as cishet men to be able to see the value in stepping back and saying, I may not be right in this situation. I may need to reevaluate my stance based on what the other person is saying or based on the way this conversation is going. I might not know what I'm talking about. Or, and this is really hard for most men, I may be wrong. Okay, now I have to direct us to the chat because my lovely friend Sheridan, once again, has just I asked see. us a question that I... I I I just And I swear to you there is more than just Sheridan in this chat. She just has all the questions tonight. So the question the question was can ADHD people be hypnotized? And I'm so confused because I don't know like as somebody with ADHD Okay, hang on. Somebody just commented, said, yes, I was when I was younger. My hypnotist was just more aware than others. Oh, by a hypnotist who was more aware than others. Okay, while you were thinking about that, I'm literally looking this up. There are actually peer-reviewed articles on the effectiveness of hypnosis in the treatment of ADHD. One from a study from the University of Helsinki uh, found that it was uh, effective in the overall treatment of ADHD symptoms. And a follow-up study found that treatment with hypnosis had better outcome than regular cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I mean, I'm just as surprised as you are uh, listeners at home. We are literally learning this at the same time with you. These are peer-reviewed articles um, from psychiatrists uh, all around the world. So I'm I'm really surprised. I never even knew this was a thing. I wonder how they would have to do that then. Because like you would really have to. The only way I could see that actually working. Is if you really got us to focus in on our hyper focus. You would have to like trigger our hyper focus. And I'm trying to think of how you could do that. Like would it have to be visual or like auditory maybe? Well, and I think the thing that, you know, it kind of comes down to um, is, you know, that the basic discussion on the overlap between types of consciousnesses, consciousness, right? Um, the, the state of consciousness within hypnosis and mindfulness. And so with like hypnotherapy and things like that, is there some sort of heightened state of focus and or detachment that allows that to be effective in treating people with ADHD? That's so interesting. Now, see, now I want to try that. Now I want to find a hypnotist that we could like explain away to our insurance company. 
I mean, that might work. And as I'm reading here, as we're talking about this, there's another study. It's not as heavily peer reviewed and I haven't read uh, all of the, you know, the controls and the kind of analytics behind it, but being done at the University of California uh, in Los Angeles on a feasibility study between mindfulness medication training and treatment within ADHD and hypnosis and kind of the intersectionality between all of that. So yeah, we may have to, to hit up our insurance company and be like, hey, A, send us to California because you know we're going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, but also help treat the ADHD. Yeah, <laughs> like Sheridan said, hypnotist makes brain go burr. <laughs> Got like apparently. I know, like I, I now I'm intrigued because I mean, I'm wondering, you know, I would want to go back and like, send me that review because I want to go back and see like what specifically, like how do they define it? Like what, what are they saying is like the treatment of ADHD? I mean, aside from the ADHD, like what, or aside from the hypnot hypnotism, what are they saying they're actually treating, you know, like, are they hypnotizing you to be more focused or to hyper-focus less or to binge eat less or be better with time? Like, what exactly are they treating with the hypnosis? Like, that would be my interest. Yeah, I will absolutely send this to you. I feel like this is like a super interesting take on treatment because you know i'm a big fan of cognitive behavioral therapy i know twin is as well so you know are they talking about using this in conjunction with or in addition to cognitive behavioral therapy or is it kind of its own thing and and could it um lessen the need for certain people to take medication which does have some contraindications as you well know with other health problems well, and that also, you know, as they were talking about in the chat, a couple of folks were talking in the chat about how, you know, microdosing with certain. We can say it. Can we? Okay. Yeah, we um, podcast. yeah microdosing with certain mushrooms and stuff, or even LSD, I think, was used in one experiment. Um, I think MDMA was used in another one. Like certain um, narcotics like that, whether they're natural, chemical, whatever, they've found that those are just as good at treating ADHD, depression, anxiety, things like that. Elisa saying Carl Jung rules. I have mixed feeling on mixed feelings on him for a variety of reasons, but you and I can get into that separately. Um, Cause I, I, again, that's another one of those that I have an entire dissertation on, but yeah, like psychosyllabins being used for the treatment of mental health disorders especially if you were to use that in conjunction with hypnotism, like, Ooh, that would be, that'd be real cool. Cause I mean, you got to think about the fact that what, if you're diagnosed with ADHD, you're something like 75% more likely to have uh, depression or anxiety. And if you have either of those, you're more than 50%, you're more than 50% more likely to have the other. So like, anxiety depression go hand in hand with adhd because we're nervous we're nervous wrecks it's just sort of a side effect and there are some studies right now on microdosing being utilized to treat certain disorders and certain mental health issues um i know there's no definitive anything yet that stuff takes years anecdotally though there's been a couple of studies on some self-reported stuff which can be influenced but 
by patients who have been taking X amount grams of mushrooms or things like that over time. And over the period of like eight or nine months, they're reporting an improvement in their mental health state. So anecdotally, I actually have a friend, and I think you and I have talked about this twin, um, who has been self-diagnosing, which isn't great, uh, microdosing with LSD for the past two years. And there have been some interesting side effects with this man. Um, I can say that I have noticed a very positive impact to his overall personality and outlook on life, but I have no idea how it's affecting the rest of his life. Well, and to get to a couple of points in the chat, you know, not Purple Patty said that her mom took Shroomy Boys, her depression was pretty much gone for six months. That is actually corroborated by scientific peer-reviewed studies that a treatment of shrooms for however long, even just a small treatment, can help depression or cure it for upwards of six months or more. And if you do like small intermittent um, dosing, then yeah, you know, somebody else said they're open to most things, but not like chemical stuff, which is where I'm at. I'm, I'm having to be careful with what we talk about you guys, just in case Yale clippy cloppy gods are watching. Right. But yeah, where I'm at is like, I would pretty like almost exclusively, I would be comfortable with like, natural like shrooms and things like that but if it's not that would be where my hesitation comes in because like he then said what are the after effects of treatments do the drops happen you know like we get in um sub and dom spaces where you have those sub drops or d drops or whatever and that's where my curiosity would come in but as far as i understand it y'all can correct me if i'm wrong yeah devil's lettuce I, I am not a, I can't smoke it because I have bad lungs, but I love to have that as an edible form, especially when I'm just like having a hard time sleeping or like if I just need to relax for an evening, especially now that I'm like alcohol sober where, you know, the most I'll have is like beer once in a while. I think I have maybe two or three a week at this point. And I never drink cocktails unless I am already out with tear where he can help me monitor how much I'm drinking. Like, I never have more than two cocktails if we're out. So like, I still count myself as sober. Some people won't, but whatever, it works for me. But like, I would never want to get into like the chemical stuff unless the natural stuff was working. Um, and that all kind of brings me back to, you know, where you were talking about your friend who was self-managing. And that is so, so, so common in people with mental health issues of this self-treatment, you know, they, they're diagnosed by whatever, uh, doctor and they've been given whatever prescription and whatever prescription isn't working. Or like in my case, they're sick of prescriptions because, you know, X, Y, Z terrible thing happened to them and had awful results. So, you know what, let's go all natural. Um, you know, and they decided to do whatever and try whatever else. And that's that's where a lot of people with mental health issues develop their alcohol addictions like me or their drug addictions or whatever. And it's because they are trying to self-medicate and self-manage to tune out the gremlins or whatever is going on and just live. 
And there was a clinical study done by Rootman in 2021 on microdosing, its effects, and kind of some of the results. And again, it's it's a smaller scale study, but one of the things that they have noticed out of the sample, I believe it was like out of 8,700 people, is that the popular use of microdosing to address mental health concerns and enhance well-being, kind of like what you're mentioning there with you know self um, self soothing and things like that, self. and self self what self-managing their mental health issues has far outpaced research on the risks and benefits of the, of microdosing, um, thereby mandating like further research. We need to know more. Anecdotally, we know some stuff, right? But in terms of scientific clinical research, we can only really point to, you know, small changes in the overall percentage when we're looking at this, when we're talking about microdosing. I'm not saying that there's not some science there. I'm not saying that there's not some benefits there. I actually agree with you. I think there are both. We just haven't proven it yet. Well, and that's why it's so frustrating to me to see this whole new round of reefer madness coming out of like the Fox News gang, right? Where they're blaming THC for these mass killings and whatever, because it's just like, are you serious? Like we're going through reefer madness again. Like y'all didn't learn your lesson in the twenties. You didn't learn it in the eighties. And now we're doing this again. Like why, why it doesn't hurt people. Like we we've already established there are multiple hospitals. There are multiple schools. There are multiple studies that have all done all of the things to ascertain that unless you like just gorge yourself on whatever munchies you get you probably aren't going to do anything too dangerous to yourself if you're smoking the cabbage you know like there's just and that that is i have whole thoughts Mm. it reminds me of that whole cat williams skit you know you've never seen somebody die an od on weed you might have thought they were dead but they're not dead they're gonna wake up in five minutes hungry enough to eat everything in your fridge Right, exactly. Like the worst thing, I have done some heinous, awful shit while I was drunk, right? For those of you that don't know, several years ago, my son was kidnapped by his father. Shortly afterward, I drank an entire fifth of Jack Daniels in about 30 minutes. It was great. After that, my then partner and I went back to my place. I attempted to unalive myself for the Tic Tac crowd here. I attempted to unalive myself by slitting my wrist with another broken bottle. And my partner at the time, who tried to stop me from doing all of these things, I assaulted him, like punched him. And I was like, no, let me do this. Because I was blitzed out of my gourd and had no idea what I was doing. And the worst thing that ever happened to me when I got super stoned was I got really hungry and ate so much I threw up. And Twin has told me that story before. And I know we've talked a lot about that past trauma and it's really you know at least anecdotally indicative of the difference between those two chemicals right one just you know makes you act belligerent and out of your mind and the emotions are everywhere and the other one just kind of mellows you out and makes you hungry so you know i get that there is all of this built-in stigma around drug use, especially in America, right? We have come up in a very puritanical way and we have generations upon generations of experience saying, no, this is bad because the government told us so. And this is good because the government told us so only later to learn "Ah, it was all about control and money. So it's hard to get past that cultural stigma 
of this is bad because it's always been bad. You know, we all remember the 80s and 90s when dare to keep kids off drugs was such a thing. And now I didn't even know they still existed. And Twin and I passed a dare person when we were going to the beach about a month or so ago. And I got to talking to them. I'm like, I didn't know this existed. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's about something completely different now. It's not about drugs. Yeah, it was actually funny because before Tear had even gone up to the person that was doing the the table display and whatever, um, I was in the car like, fuck Dare, fuck Nancy Reagan, fuck the Reagans in general, fuck, meh, 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 meh. you know, this whole program is stupid. And then he came back and was like, no, is there about bullying now? And I was like, hmm, are they? But whatever, it's fine. I'll listen to them this time. I'll give them some credit because she was out there dancing her little heart out and it was like 90 degrees. So, you know what? Fuck it. Here's 20 bucks. Have a nice day. <laughs> so all this conversation about marijuana and microdosing and different types of substances and all that, because so many of our followers here on the podcast and on TikTok and on Instagram are in the BDSM and King community, just a general reminder that when you're playing and when you're going to play, Beyond zero substances, zero substances. That is a large red flag for me as a dom. Anybody that would go into a scene or an event on something, that's an absolute red flag, hard boundary no for me. And I know, you know, kind of as a, as a little teaser, for the next two or three weeks, we're going to be having episodes on the kink community and on different types of BDSM. But just um, kind of a, as a reminder, Definitely don't go into those scenarios when you're on something. Can we just take a second? I have to just, why our chat has gone off the rails on TikTok right now? Because we were like, hey guys, what should we talk about next? And Heathen suggested we try Kool-Aid powder in milk. And now somehow we're at Cheez-Its with peanut butter. And I'm very confused about what is happening right now. Okay, I have actually tried Cheez-Its with peanut butter and it's dope. Never in my wildest dreams would I ever want to try Kool-Aid packets and milk, though. Like, I even draw the line at different types of flavored milk, except for strawberry milk. Shout out to strawberry milk. But Kool-Aid packets and milk? Oh, hell no. Oreos with mustard? Oh, banana milk is fucking fire. I love banana milk. We're not doing shit. I'm not putting fucking Kool-Aid powder in milk, even. It's not happening. Maple milk? What? What? Are, who hurt y'all? What is happening? So this is a prime example of <laughs> what it looks like to record a podcast with an ADHD partner, right? Like, we have been very, very busy for the past couple of weeks, and so we haven't kept up. Usually we're ahead like by two or three episodes, right? We'll record two or three at a time, but we haven't had enough time to record ahead. And so we knew we were going to jump in and talk about a couple of different topics, which is great. But because we added the TikTok live into the mix, we are bouncing all over the place and I love it. So like, here's your little peek into our world. On that note... Um, on that note, I just asked a question that I think is very important to peek at for just a moment. Ha ha ha, pun intended, because this leads me into another teaser. So Jess, who is book nerd 25 on our chat and in TikTok, and we love her dearly. She's a ride or die, basically. She's been here forever. Yeah, she went to the final Tier Live Crew meetup in San Antonio before I moved to New Orleans, and she was there with us at the bar crawl. 
Yeah, so we love Jess. Uh, but she asked, have y'all discussed issues of jealousy and polyamory and how to discuss those with partners? Which leads me to not yet specifically, but because I can go ahead and say this. Yeah. We are actually interviewing this weekend with Heidi Savelle, who is a TikTok personality, if you will. Um, and she is also, more importantly, a relationship coach and therapist who specializes in working with polyamorous and ethically non-monogamous couples and relationships. So we're going to be talking to her this weekend, and that'll be our next podcast, which will be coming out next week. And we're very, very excited because we didn't touch too much specifically on jealousy, but I will make sure to add that in to our docket, if you will, of questions to talk about. So yes, Heidi Savelle, I will drop her name in our Discord channel so you guys can go look her up and I will make sure that I've got her TikTok handle on there as well. So you guys can make sure to go give her a follow and say hello. And uh, when you see her, tell her that went into your said, hey. And she's actually a master degree clinical social worker. So she's an MCSW and, you know, it's nice to be able to talk to an actual licensed therapist who specializes in, in uh, polyamory and different types of therapy modalities specifically for these types of things. So I'm very, very excited to talk to her. Yeah, that's, that's going to be, oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, so quick question then from, oh, it slid. Roses and Sin asks, do y'all think that there are more poly relationships now or are they just more visible? Me personally, I would say it's probably a little bit of both because you have, you know, people like us who are like, yeah, we're poly and proud, bitch. What's up? Like busting indoors and shit. Right. But <laughs> Rick James, um, like you have us coming in being like, yeah, we're poly. But I also, like, I know for a fact that poly swinging and all of that has been around for forever. I mean, you could just look at the ancient Greeks and Rome for testament to that. There's always been some form of non-monogamy, however ethical or otherwise, right? But, like, as, in, as a concept of, like, we're in this relationship and we're going to play with others, like, specifically, I would say that's probably just gotten more popular lately especially with the rise of tiktok and social media i actually agree with you i think there are more polyamorous relationships now because it's more visible like there's always been a social and cultural stigma around non-monogamous people right at least in american society and it's always been something that's kept very hush hush and under the table and we don't really talk about it and now because it has more visibility, people are able to start exploring that concept. People who may have always been polyamorous in the way that they think and the feel and express emotions, but have never had an avenue or a platform to do so, are now seeing content all over the place about polyamory and saying, hey, this may be for me. This may be something I want to look into. Right. And, you know, I mean, I know I've mentioned it before, but like, I mean... A perfect example, right, is ElfQuest. That's where I got my start, if you will, on the realization that I was poly or more 
accurately that other people weren't right like it made no sense to me when i was looking around at other couples and realizing that like oh y'all don't play with other why you know because i had been reading elf quest which promotes healthy loving polyamory since i was a kid and that comic book series is going on like 45 years now look at dolly parton she has very openly stated that she and her partner have outside partners when she's on the road and when they're separated and they very much have as far as i know they have like a sort of don't ask don't tell kind of arrangement but i'm not 100 percent certain so don't quote me on that one i didn't actually know that about dolly parton about saint dolly yeah, she I would have to go back and try to find the interview. She talked about it. But yeah, that's a that's a thing. She was straight up. She was like, he has his relationships. And I just, you know, he does his thing. That is just one more reason why I love her. So, you know, Dolly Parton for student council president. I don't know. Okay, yeah. So we just looked it up. And apparently it's not sexual. So, you know, still whatever, like open, but not sexually open, which is still fine. It probably means that they just have their they're allowed to each have their little flirtations which again is still i would say a form of ethical non-monogamy so you know to each their own and as long as you guys as long as the people in the relationship are healthy happy and loving yeah fuck it do you yeah absolutely and i think it's one of those things where you know kind of taking it back to the questions and the conversations in the TikTok chat right now you know because there is less and less stigma it's still there but less and less stigma around ethical non-monogamy people who may not have been interested in it before are now at least looking into it right and we're seeing the rise of educators on social media teaching about healthy types of polyamory unhealthy types of polyamory and so it can really help avoid some of the pitfalls that people like twin and i have experienced in our poly relationships right well and it is really 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 so important you guys can go back to one of our some of our earlier podcast episodes when we first talked about poly to hear about my the more extensive version of my experience with poly because I did start very young. Um, but with that said, so are a lot of other people because of TikTok or whatever. And, you know, unfortunately, like with the BDSM scene, they're being introduced to ideas and concepts that they think they understand but they really don't. And it's turning into something very unhealthy for them. And so that's why I feel like it is so important. And that was one of the reasons why we got started doing this is to educate people because just because you have an education doesn't mean it's a quality education, as we all know. And just because you have the knowledge doesn't mean that you're always able to put that into practice in a healthy way. We've both had experiences negative experiences in previous poly relationships. You can read and learn all you want, but being in the middle of a relationship and dealing with some of those emotions, dealing with some of those feelings of jealousy and or whatever is different than reading it on paper or on a website or God forbid on TikTok or something like that, right? So it's very, very different in practice than it is in print. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons that Twin and I get all of these questions about our relationship and about polyamory. Not only are we out here educating, we're practicing it. We're showing you the highs and the lows of our relationship damn near in real time and being able to track that 
and see how we overcome adversity or continually build a healthy relationship, continually add to the structure of our relationship is important. It's it's also kind of one of those things that has changed with the advent of different types of live or almost live social media platforms. We're not used to waiting for peer-reviewed clinical studies anymore. We're not used to learning the news the next day. We're used to seeing and learning and experiencing things as they happen in real time. So being able to take that platform and that propensity to want to see things in real time and convert it into a relationship structure about building healthier relationships has been really wild and a lot of fun. So I just wanted to bring to the table, if you will, somebody in our chat mentioning that, you know, they were sort of hesitant about how to feel about a certain partner because their prospective partner, if you will. So somebody that they're you're not dating yet. I'm going to clarify with chat here. You're not dating them yet, but you are have talked and you might like there's an interest there. And that person has not told anyone about our friend here in the chat. And I am of two minds on this, right? Like I am very much of the opinion that if you are dating somebody and y'all are already actively in a relationship or at the very least, like you guys are very seriously talking and you think this is going somewhere and, you know, it could potentially become a thing and they still haven't talked about you to anybody. That is a massive red flag. That is a bail immediately red flag. Now, if you guys are chatting and it's not that serious and it's like, hey, you know what? You could be my Friday night pencil in shenanigans kind of thing, but it's nothing like special, then I wouldn't expect them. Like I like I never told anybody about my little bed buddy that I had for a while. Because that's all it was, was just a sort of bed buddy, you know? I mean, you told me about it. I told you because we were dating. And I immediately told said bed buddy once we started dating. And I realized how far down the rabbit hole I had gone. So there. (laughs) But yeah, like if you, if you're genuinely catching feelings for somebody, you're gonna tell people. And if you aren't telling people about them, you don't have feelings about that person. Like that's, I, and I hate to make it sound so cold, but that's just the the end of it, right? Like, yeah, like Heathen is saying, I won't shut my mouth. Everybody's going to know, right? I, I, I don't, nobody, exactly Sheridan, nobody should be a secret ever. And if that person that you're interested in is keeping you a secret, get the fuck out of there like now. It's a perfect time to practice some of those boundary setting issues that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Um, Because, yeah, you should know your worth. And if you're looking to get into a more serious relationship and they are as well or they have stated they are, you shouldn't be a secret. Absolutely. Well, and Elisa said, if you want something more, make it known that you're not cool with it. And to an extent, I would agree. 
But here's the thing. This is where I kind of draw the line, right? And my dignity sort of gets in the way of my boundaries or vice versa or like preempts my boundaries, right? If I'm, I feel like if if I'm interested in somebody and they're not interested, they're that they're not returning the level of interest, then I'm just going to bail out. I'm not going to let them string me along. Like that's where you have to decide that you're going to prioritize your dignity. Like if they aren't as serious about you as you are for them, then it's time for you to like, you know what? I'm going to do me over here without you because otherwise you're just, you're going to sit around hoping and waiting for something that isn't going to happen just flat out. Now, can you and should you probably communicate like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Like, where are you at emotionally? Like, are you vibing on the same vibe as I'm vibing? Or, you know, do you like the cut of my jib? You know, to go back to <laughs> one of my favorite sayings lately for some reason. I have been. I don't know. You know, ask them like, hey, where are you at with this? Because like, I'm here at like a seven or an eight. And if you are still down at a three, like maybe we should just not. Like maybe maybe we need to call it because like then I can move on. That's that's it. Like because that's it. Wonderful point. And we actually have one more question from the chat uh, coming from Demonic. So they wanted to know what our thoughts were when a potential partner is having trouble expressing their emotions to a partner that has already expressed their emotions about the relationship. So Twin, what are your thoughts on this? Well, and it can be so difficult when you have two different partners who do have different styles of communication, much less abilities, (laughs) because let's face it, not everybody has the same capability when it comes to communicating uh, as others. You know, some, some of us out there are emotionally stunted me in my (laughs) twenties. But, you know, you have to, that's when you have to look at this person, right? If you are the partner who has already expressed your emotions and they can't or have, like, if they have difficulty, that's one thing. If they can't and they won't even make an effort to, you already have your answer. Um, I am very much of the mind that people won't tell you, they will show you. If that person has feelings and they, or if if that person has feelings and they don't act like they have feelings, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're saying one thing, but acting another way, they're telling you everything you need to hear. They're just doing it in a way, in a different way. I hope that made sense. I know I'm probably kind of rambling a little, but no, that that absolutely makes sense. And, you know, one of the things to remember is we are all in different parts of our journey to knowing ourselves and, you know, reaching that emotional maturity, that growth, right? And it's not someone's fault if they're at a different place within their journey than you are. That's okay. Some people don't go to therapy at all. I don't understand them, but some people don't go to therapy at all. It's okay if you're in two different places It doesn't mean that it can't work, but it does mean that it's going to take some different methods for you both to reach kind of that semblance of balance, that baseline for each other. Well, first things first, my love, your privilege is showing. 
not everybody has the ability to go to therapy. Now, with that said, I agree on the rest of it. Like people are going to show you who they are, how they feel, what they really mean. They're going to show you all those things. You just have to be willing and able to see those actions because clear communication is important, Elisa. But one of the things that you have to keep in mind is that people can and will tell you, oh, no, of course I love you. Of course I care about you. Of course I want you in my life. And I But if they're not telling people about you, if they're only visiting you, you know, every three weeks, even if they have free time, if they're not making the effort to give you the same energy that you're giving, then they're showing you exactly how much they value you. And it's up to you to see that internalize that, hopefully in a healthy way, and say, all right, I'm going to take my dignity and we're going to go elsewhere. And you leave. And it's it's that simple. You know, it and as much as it sucks, and I know everybody has different um situations, right? Like I've been in relationships where I was sticking around because I needed something from that person, whether it's financial or what have you, I needed to be in that situation, whether or not I wanted to. It sucks, especially when you're a single parent or you have children with that other person or whatever the situation may be. Everybody's situation is different. And I want to make sure that I state very clearly, like, that's fine. If you are stuck with somebody because of your situation, you are not less valid for not being able to get out of that situation. You are not less um, important and you are not making less of an effort. People will tell you you are. And you know what? Maybe if you hear that from more than one person, you might want to evaluate and look at what you're doing. But if you are doing everything you can to get out of that situation and you are making every effort you can to get yourself out of that situation, you're doing enough. Wonderful point. And I wanted to take a moment to just thank everyone within the TikTok uh, live chat that has been, you know, being a part of this live recording with us, posting questions, being a part of this kind of like back and forth conversation we're having on all of these topics. All that being said, our episode for today has reached its zenith. <laughs> and so we're going to go ahead and, uh, cap it off here but like twin was saying earlier we've got episodes uh coming up on polyamory and like i was mentioning we have a three-part series on bdsm and kink coming up as well so we'll see you in the coming weeks for that we're very excited but as always make sure you give yourself plenty of grace love and patience be kind to yourself be kind to others but more importantly go out and do some dope shit Goodbye.